All right, welcome back to the big program. 10 o'clock in Edmonton. We, oh, we got a great weekend coming up. Weather's going to be super, but hockey season is uh, right around the corner on all levels. Uh, Oilers uh, rookie camp getting underway today with some on-ice stuff in Penticton. They'll play tomorrow, play uh, Winnipeg tomorrow. Then they've got, uh, yeah, it's Winnipeg tomorrow, right, Duke? I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Sounds right. Yeah, and then uh, games uh, on the weekend and then wrapping things up on uh, Monday and at every level we've got the AJHL getting underway tomorrow we'll have uh, uh, guests with the Short Park Crusaders hopefully tomorrow uh, uh, general manager uh, Spencer Love on the team on the uh, show tomorrow we'll have uh, uh, Edmonton Oil Kings getting ready and lots of hockey going on including at the college level and women's college hockey and we bring in uh, Nate Ook's women's uh, head coach Brandon Jensen uh, to the program. Brandon, uh, welcome to Sports 1440. How is your day going in Oakland? Uh yeah, thanks Kevin. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, and uh in Oakland here on the north side, it's it's just getting started obviously. We have lots of our ladies uh in classes, mm-hmm. uh, a couple dual sport athletes actually. So there we have uh, four that are on the golf team now. They just brought golf back this year. Um first time having it back here at Nate since 2014 but yeah uh things are going good we started non-conference play last week so and, and the, the team was golfing yesterday too is that correct yeah yeah the team was golfing uh we're, we're fortunate enough I'm I'm also the assistant golf coach um and my former assistant coach is now the head coach of the golf team so uh, I was at golf practice yesterday gave the ladies a day off after a three and three um this past weekend that we played in our own tournament and then yeah we took uh the team out to Millwoods and had a little team builder out there. Yeah, I, a couple of the girls on the team have been working out in Millwoods over the years. Is that correct too? Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. Um, so fortunate enough that one of the ladies' fathers is the superintendent yeah. um, out there. So some of the ladies, yeah, they've been on the the turf team or working. The, in the pro shop, and then we have a few others that also work in the golf industry as well at some other courses throughout the summer. So, oh, good stuff, uh, Brandon Jensen, uh, Nate Women's uh, head coach of the hockey team, joins us on uh, Sports fourteen forty. So, how uh, you, you started conference play, but how's the team look so far in the early going? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty good so far. Um, we returned nineteen ladies, so one of the more veteran crops in, in the ACAC, and then they were a pretty good uh, recruiting class coming in of uh, seven ladies now uh one that we took through our open trial process and we got our, our first one of the year on friday night against the ajf hl team the the junior a team in town the edmonton wolves and then we played the the pandas and the the griffins and, and had two two good outings against uh two pretty strong u sport teams there this weekend how's the growth of the program been that you've seen um especially with you know women's hockey's getting bigger and bigger and bigger we'll we'll get to the professional league and your comments on that in a second but how have you seen the growth at the collegiate level yeah i i think i mean um coming from the male side and and playing at nate there and then and then stepping into the the women's game coaching i mean i i talked to other coaches uh in the league and even at the U sport level, like, uh, like Howie Draper there and, and Carla McLeod. And it's one of the fastest growing sports, um, in North America here, um, right now. And the same, like the, the athletes that are coming in or that we're recruiting are, are getting more skilled year after year, which is definitely pushing our, our returners and, and more veteran players. And, and it's nice to see, um, the skill sets that we're getting at this level, just cause, um, they're they're going uh, they're going like even at the grassroots level like hockey wise uh, some of the better coaches are 
are coming in on the female side or have daughters that play and and are coaching them. So it's really nice to see, and it's only going to get better in the future. Yeah, for sure. Brandon Jansen, a neat women's hockey coach, joins us on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. That grassroots um, program, or programs, I guess you could say, in northern Alberta, um, recently the uh, Edmonton Female Hockey Alliance was, I guess, kind of uh, started up. Uh, had, they had a news conference um, this summer down at uh, in the Ice District, um, how would you say that everything is going at the grassroots level and growing into where we can see, you know, the young ladies turn into the players that they are where you see them at the collegiate level? Yeah, Kevin, that, that, that's a great question. That alliance is going to um, bode huge dividends um, here in the future. I mean, uh, the biggest the biggest thing, um, like, on our side of the sport is, is to keep um, those female athletes um, in the sport. Um, and I think, you know, having more teams um, where they're allowed to play in their own communities and uh, play with their friends growing up, just like we've all had on the male side, um, is going to allow um, the game to keep more athletes in it um, and then allow them to grow. And then eventually, yeah, they'll, they'll turn. And uh, hopefully, you know, in the future, there are a few more college programs whether it be in Edmonton or, or in Alberta or uh, in uh, western Canada over the four western provinces um, to give these ladies a chance to play and then attain a post-secondary education um, excuse me for that cough uh, there uh, Brandon but um, uh, and and people you know what maybe they aren't aware of the rich tradition of uh, of hockey women's hockey in Edmonton I mean this started one of the, the first places it started really in Canada, women's hockey, was, uh, you know, in the 70s and into the 80s with the Edmonton Chimos, uh, mm-hmm. a rich a rich program that was dominant in Canadian women's hockey. Um, Deanna Miauchi, uh is uh, one of the, the... I did a story with Deanna and the, and the Chimos as they were getting ready and they went into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. So um, do you like where the state of hockey women's wise is going i guess in in alberta in particularly um yeah i mean with the alliance um and with the growth of the game i, I think it's good i think it, there's still avenues um for players to be reached especially in in smaller more rural communities too um just just i know through mm-hmm. running camps in the summer and, and summer hockey that we we do get a lot of ladies coming in from the more rural communities or um, kind of that, that open border model um, that you see more um, on the male side, like when they leave for junior A, that's happening in midget. So I do think there could be maybe a, a few changes changes made there. But I think, you know, um, for the most part, there there are a lot of avenues in, um, for um, ladies to play right now. And I, I only hope that um, through whether it be through, through Hockey Alberta or, or mm-hmm. Edmonton Minor Hockey, that it'll keep growing and trending in the right direction. Brandon Jensen from the Nate Women's Hockey Program head coach joins us on the Kevin Carey Show Sports 1440. So the Professional Women's Hockey League kind of, um, it's been just great news in the last several weeks uh, with the league kind of coming to fruition. There's been a a fraction with professional leagues uh, in women's hockey for several leagues, but finally now it seems that everyone is on the same page. Um, Can you speak to the, the... importance of how that has come together and what it means to players in your program that they can kind of see something possibly uh, for them down the road. Uh, so what's that going to be like for them? Yeah, no, I think, I am I mean, having professional female hockey 
um, in North America and kind of a, a setup uh, or a more setup path uh, now because there were there were a few leagues and then with everything uh, going on in the world a few years ago it really made it made it tough and with financial constraints there and then there was uh, like two leagues coming into this year and now it's gone down to just just the one but actually having a good model and good structure um, with teams I think will, will bode dividends too in the future um, kind of like I said with with everything before and actually um, lead to having more teams eventually than just the six that they have they're ironed out and, mm-hmm. and given an avenue for players to continue playing at an even higher level even more so than post-secondary or, or college or, or university here in North America which which is exciting like I know um, for our fourth or fifth year players that would like to keep playing there there are avenues um, now now to go to within North America and then um, you know also there's there's the overseas teams that have been established for years but it's nice to see that there's something uh here in north america for them uh, exactly and i mean we feel i mean i do anyway it's maybe a little cheated that there aren't any teams out west yet um i'm sure there will be some expansion in in the future but maybe we can see some games being played out here or something like that uh, nate women's hockey coach brendan jensen's our guest on the kevin carey show on sports 1440 um who's all in the uh acac uh, division for you can you explain uh, the teams and and how the schedule works uh, just kind of run us through what uh, uh, women's hockey fans and hockey fans of anything can expect uh, with uh, your program and teams they play against and uh, for the upcoming season yeah of course Kevin um, so so our league is growing just just as women's hockey is and have we, have we talked about the last little bit here so we are uh, we are now a six-team league um, so there's ourselves here at Nate um, and Lakeland College out in Lloyd, and they have the, the Vermilion and, and Lloyd campus there. Um, and then there's Red Deer Polytechnic and then Olds College. And then uh, in the south, we have Sate, uh, our arch nemesis. And then uh, down in Medicine Hat, um, Medicine Hat College is, is brand new uh, in our conference here this year. Um, our league schedule, it kicks off conference play the first weekend in October, so the 6th and 7th, we, mm-hmm. we play uh, on the road against the State Trojans um, down there at the Windsport Arena, and then we play Medicine Hat in their home opener on Saturday night, and then we kick off um, at home the next week, October 13th at, at 7 p.m. against against State again there. Uh, and then typically our league's a, a Friday, um, Saturday uh, night league yeah. where we play a home-and-home home against the other um, opponent's um, in our league there, and then we have a 25-game schedule. So we play October and November, and then there's a moratorium uh, for finals and exams period there in December, and then we play January and February and get seeded for playoffs, and then uh, the playoffs and conference championships is in March. How's the rivalry with SATE? Um, SATE's been pretty good. It's it's pretty competitive, obviously, the, the two uh, long-standing polytechnics in, in each of the big cities in Alberta, uh, it definitely gets the juices flowing for for the ladies, and and it's a pretty good, pretty intense matchup. Uh, in uh, in the past few years, it's it's really been good against Red Deer too. They're the uh, two time league champs these last two years. So when we played them in the finals last year, tell us a little bit about your team. You touched it off the top, but uh, just to expand a little on your team, who who are some of the the players you're expecting uh, good things from this season? Yeah. Um, this season we have a few fifth-year players 
Um, so uh, up front, uh, we have a forward, number 18, um, Bree Martin. Um, she's a she's a fifth year from Red Deer, Alberta. Um, she led the league in scoring two years ago, and then um, was in the top five last year. She's a she's a pretty dy- dynamic player. Um, can really turn on the Jets and really really make a difference in a game for us. So we're looking for uh, forward to a huge year from her. Um, also up front, uh, we have a transfer from Trinity Western. She played for us last year. She's second in the league in scoring. Her name's uh, Cheyenne Harden. She's number 24. She's from Leduc, Alberta, and she has a pretty lethal shot. So her and Bree on the power play have a pretty good combination. Um, on the on the back end, we return a first-team all-star, too. Her, her name's uh, Haley Kirkshank. She's number nine. She's going into her fourth year with us. Um, pretty steady Eddie defenseman and, and really reliable and then kind of rounding out um, back in the net we have a, a fifth year player who actually got an extra year so technically a, a sixth year Kevin she's from Brandon Manitoba's number 29 Caitlin Slater she's basically set every Nate record for goaltending and uh, she's set a few ACAC ones and she's actually only four wins away from becoming the all-time ACAC wins leader so we're looking mm-hmm. forward to to having her in the pipes, uh, her and Bree are also uh, on the on the golf team. So we missed oh, wow. them this last week in non-conference competition. But the yeah, other, they're, they're dual sport athletes this year, which is a pretty unique opportunity for a few of those ladies hmm. on our team. There, um, I always when I look at the roster, I was, I see uh, is uh, Taylor Premax still on the on the squad? Yes, yes, uh, Taylor's Taylor's still on the squad. No, what are the, like I mean, I think she uh, like there was a Garth Premack that played for Nate years and years ago. Any relation? Would you know? Oh, oh goodness! I, I, I don't know. I know Taylor's from from Redwater, so yeah. Um, yeah I, I have check to that out today when I see. Yeah, when I see her at the practice, I'll, I'll, I'll have to let you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, how does recruiting go for you? One last one for uh, Brandon uh, Jensen, head coach uh, of the Nate Ukes women's hockey team. How does recruiting go for you? Yeah, recruiting. Um, it's a little bit different than than on the male side at, at the college level here. So most of our recruiting's done predominantly in the their grade 12 year we have uh typically four major tournaments one of them is actually this weekend so this is a huge weekend for uh the u18 group um here um not only in alberta but mainly across the four western provinces it's the calgary fire starter um so we go it's they've i believe they've actually already started games today so hmm. i'll have to uh be watching some video here this afternoon before we get on the ice but yeah we we start recruiting here right away um and this weekend's a, a huge one for us and then we usually go to a like a, an academy showcase a ccshl one here in a couple weeks and then there's the mandy schwartz tournament out in regina oh, in yeah. december that we get away to that has a, a couple hundred scouts from not only canadian schools but u.s ones out as well and then usually taking the provincial championships um but yeah it, it starts right up we actually lose quite a few ladies um, this year, um, and so we'll we'll start chatting with a few in, in a couple weeks. Hey, Brandon, thanks for taking the time. Good luck with the season, and uh, you know everything is everyone is really excited for the growth of women's hockey, and you're a big part of it. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me, Kevin. All right, that's Brandon Jensen, head coach of the Nate women's hockey team. Garth Premack, I guess I think he played in Red Deer College, not possibly Nate, but uh, who knows? Could be like a daughter or something. You never know. Something like that. Uh, he was uh, played on the national team, Garth Premack, as well, from Red Deer. Uh, still to come, we're going to hook up with Kenny Reed. 
used to work in this market at uh, old CFRN back in the day before he went out to Toronto and turned himself into a big wheel. Uh, from Rogers Sportsnet, Kenny Reed coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. Eddie Rabbit, got that one, Duke. We're on fire today. Name that tune. Uh, 1018, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. We welcome in an old buddy, Kenny Reed from Rogers Sportsnet out in Toronto. Um, Ken, it's been a long time since we talked. Uh, how you doing, old pal? Good double, K. Hey, you won my heart right away with Eddie Rabbit. Oh, so can't beat him. Good start, buddy. <laughs> can't beat Eddie Rabbit, you know. Windshields, oh, no. uh, you know, uh, wipers on the windshield just flapping away, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. He's cruising on down the highway. Great tune. Matt, you know, so we used to hang out a little bit, play some rec hockey, Friday noon hour hockey when you were back in Edmonton, when you were working here at uh, CFRN. Do you still have that old red bucket you, you used to wear? No. Uh, that bucket, I think it exploded at one point. Uh, usually rock the Joe for now. Yeah. Um, yeah so, I, dude, I'm slow. That's bad. Oh, but you still got really good hands, bad. don't you? <laughs> well, you know what they say. You lose the feet, you never lose the hands. Yeah. Double K. So, you know. How about you? You still got the old Melville jacket, that leather one? That's, <laughs> that's a beauty. I, I got a couple of those, yeah. I, I got rid of the Cooperalls about a year ago, two years ago. Oh, really? You should have told me I would have bought them off you. Uh, they were, uh, I had skate laces holding them together, the shell, not uh, the, the girdle, sorry. Uh, yeah, well, I, I switched skates to new ones there a couple years ago. I can't do it. I'm going back to the Dao 301s this year. But the last time I got them to be sharpened, the guy's like, look, I don't know if I can do these again. They're down to the nubs, but mm-hmm. I cannot handle the new skates. They, it feels like you're in a ski boot. Like, there's no feel. I don't know. I'm just old, I guess. Uh-huh. No, but you've been around, Ken. I mean, you you had your time. Had my time. Yeah, it's time to pass the torch. You know, it's time to move on. <laughs> Do you get to you play out there? Plan for me. I'll take yeah. it. Do you get to play out I there a bit? Play, no, I just play in charity games and stuff. It's, it's like there's no. I had a beer league skate here. It wasn't even a beer league skate. It was like a bacon and egg skate. It was eight a.m.s on Tuesdays, Thursdays. That's just too early for me. So mm-hmm. I, I retired from that. I should get back into it, but. I don't like getting up early and like feeling like practical play and working nights, you know, yeah. tough, right? But, but, and there's no skate around, you know, noon or one like we used to do. So, yeah, I'm in a world of art. Buddy. For sure. And, I mean, with your schedule, so, I mean, you kind of had, you know, similar schedule out here but different. I mean, you go in fairly early. You're doing some shows and things like that before. And then once you get into the run, as we used to call it, so kind of what, what's your kind of shift? Tell our listeners kind of a daily – what's a day in the life of Kenny Reed at, uh, at Rogers Sportsnet? It's pretty good. I just woke up at 11. Just <laughs> got back from the old uh, local rec center where I put in a – a real tough 65 minute workout. Ooh. You know, I got a wicked body, so I got to maintain it. Um, <laughs> when you work this hard to look like a bag of milk, that's a pretty sad state of affairs. So, and now I'm on the phone with you, and uh, sometimes I'll do a little writing, and uh, but not much. And I head into work around six o'clock or so. Uh, get there around six twenty. Sit in the makeup chair, get changed, <laughs> and then I go over the show lineup at around quarter to seven. And then at seven, we just start watching games and. Usually on out of, well, at this time you were on out of the Blue Jays, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And uh, I react to that. And uh, hopefully by 11 o'clock I'm out the door. So they treat me well. I have no complaints. Um, what's it like? Okay, I never got to experience uh, working in a TV market with a staff. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah. You know, when you were here, I mean, we kind of did the same job. I, we, I had a half-hour show. You were doing other stuff at, at CFRN, but um, a little different. But... What's it like to have, like, 
all these editors and PAs, production assistants, and everyone kind of making sure everything runs smoothly. What's that like? It's it's it's, 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 it's fantasy world for me. Yeah, it's mind blowing. The first time I did it, I I started at the other network and I went in and I did their show, and they go, okay, here's your on cams to write. You have to write four on cams, <laughs> so it takes me like three seconds, as you and I know. That's mm-hmm. like the least of our worries, local sports. And then what do I do? Well, you wait for the show. I said, what? So literally, uh, it's awesome because you know, in local sports, we'll run down. Sometimes we're booting it into the studio and 10, 9, 8, 7, we pop up and we're we're almost out of breath. And like in local sports, it's almost like the on-air presentation is the last priority, right? You mm-hmm. get everything done first. So when at Sportsnet, it's, it's awesome because they're like, okay, you do your own cams, you watch the games, so you're totally informed and you come out of it. And yeah, we have editors and shooters and producers, and PAs, whereas in local sports, it's uh, you're almost like a one man band. If yeah. there is local sports these days, there isn't a sad state of affairs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a sad state of affairs. Um, but yeah. I, I loved local sports, and then I loved the chance to get to a place like Sportsnet, where you feel you feel taken care of. It's really nice. Like well, you, you know, it's like it's like put it this way: it's like uh, it's like being Huey Lewis in the We Are the World video. You're surrounded by greatness, <laughs> as opposed to just yourself out on the stage. You know, uh-huh. then you can hit your note. All, all you had to do was hit that note, right? And, and all Mike Greeno had to do from Loverboy, Bridge the Distance, right? And then that was the platinum blonde guy. All you got to do was hit your note. Yes, um, I was the last television sports guy in Edmonton before I came into radio two weeks ago. God, really? Yeah. Jeez. And Another congrats left. on the new station. Thank you very much, awesome. Kenny. This is um, so awesome. I was psyched when I saw that on Gregor's account. Yeah. Uh, we're really You're excited. The last, the last guy, eh? Yeah. Uh, the last television sportscaster left uh, there. Um, you know, CTV got rid of all the old guys like, you know, like Adam Cook and that. And then, yeah. uh, you know, Global uh, Can, John Sexsmith, Slav Kornick, uh, three, four, five months ago. I was the last guy left and it was time to get into radio, I guess. And the face for radio, as you know, Kenny. Yeah. Well, oh, no, you're a handsome, you're oh, a handsome devil. Thanks, but buddy. it's sad what media has done to mm-hmm. local sports. It's it is. Really it, it really is. Because um, we did such good stories, man. I was always proud of the work we did in Edmonton. And when, and you know, like when, when a local team goes on a run, you're going to get more local flavor from from a local sports team, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just I don't know. I don't I don't get it. But everything's owned by somebody else now, right? Yep, for sure. Uh, Ken Reed's our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on uh, Sports 1440. You touched on a little bit of writing, Kenny, uh, off the top. If you get time, how many books do you have out now? I got number seven come out this <sighs> fall. If you can believe it, can oh. you believe a guy like me can write a book, Kev? Shocking, shocking. <laughs> Holy smoke! What was it? Was yeah. the first one one night only? No, the first one was hockey card stories where okay. I called up guys and, and dug into the stories behind their hockey cards. Like, why why do you have a mustache? And mm-hmm. Why is your uniform airbrushed? And uh, One Night Only was the second book. Okay. That was that was well-received. I was happy with that one. And uh, this one, they put my face on the cover of this one, so I don't know if it's going to sell with my face on there. <laughs> but it's called uh, it's called Ken Reed's Hometown Hockey Heroes. Like, you have, I'm a small-town guy. And uh, mm-hmm. My first heroes, of course, were, you know, Gretzky, Lafleur. but the first guys I got to see in person were the junior C-Stars that played on Saturday night. So my favorite guy was a sniper named Teapot. He was the biggest goal scorer in the junior C-League. He's still the king of the town. He's still a local legend. So I did a little story on him, and I thought, there's got to be teapots in every town across Canada. You know, guys who were the heroes to all the kids. And mm-hmm. There are. So it's, it's turned into a book, so I'm pretty pumped about it. So you did interviews with guys all across Canada. How did that process yeah. go? So it was pretty cool. So, like, you know, when I'm writing one night only, right, I could just go to HockeyDB and I can look up, okay, you played one game and 
I can get his background. Mm-hmm. So for this, um, there's not a lot of hockey DB on a lot of these guys because they, you know, they were maybe a local senior star or a local junior star. So I just kind of put it out on Twitter. Did you grow up in a small town and who was your local hockey hero a guy who didn't make it to the NHL? And that was flooded with responses. So, you know, when you're from a small town, there's mm-hmm. always the story of, like, oh, that guy would have made it. That guy would have made it. So instead of going that guy would have made it i turned around and i kind of said well he did make it he just made it in a different way so i had people you know calling me up and going oh my god um there's this guy down in claire's home he was the man he yeah. was the first guy from here to make it to the dub and he meant so much and then he was a senior hockey star you know in claire's home and then you know there's a richie perot from st albert he was the best player on the st albert Comets back in the mid-70s like mm-hmm. Troy Murray, who played for the Blackhawks, I talked to him, and his yeah. hero was Richie Perot, oh. who was a comet. And then, you know, I'd get a call from a guy from Cape Breton. Oh, my God, there's this guy, Bruce Campbell, who played for the New Waterford Jets. And he had a trial for the Winnipeg Jets once. And so it just, and I just started with phone calls, and away we went. And the stories worked out pretty well. It was, it was kind of, it was cool to do. Um, is it totally done? Is it coming out? Is it already published? Yeah. or? Uh-huh. Uh, it's done. Uh, it's with Simon and Schuster. It'll be the release date's October twenty fourth, and I'm actually coming out uh, Edmonton the weekend of the Heritage Classic. Oh, okay. A little book promo tour. So I'll, I'll drop in if you got an extra chair there. But yeah, that would be cool. Uh, so just uh, yeah. the week prior to October twenty ninth. Uh, I'll get there on the Friday. Okay. And I, I think I'm hanging around them a little bit for the Monday too. Well, we'll so, book yeah, you in. We're we'll booking in right now, Ken. There you go. Book I mean. Friday yeah. afternoon. Actually, morning, if I may, I'm, what if I take Friday off and you can just do the show? <laughs> Will you give me your exorbitant salary? <laughs> yeah, sure. The media is overpaid in this country. Yeah. Can you believe when you see the stories from the United States of media people, what they signed for? Like, oh my God, we're on the wrong side of that border, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, for sure. Oh, um, wanted to, is the sky falling in Toronto with the Blue Jays? Oh, man, depends who you ask. If you ask the manager, they're right in the heat of it. If you ask the fans, they're absolutely disgusted. This was a team that was supposed to supposed to they, compete for the division title, the AL East, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're crawling to compete for a wild card. And I use the word compete lightly because I think when you see the crowds this week, you know, it yeah. was 25,000 last night. We're used to at least 40,000 all summer. Now, granted, I think a lot of tourists come to town to watch a game, but I think fans want to see effort. And I think a lot of fans here feel like they were sold a false bill of goods. It's one thing to, to say, okay, we might win the AL East and then not. But it's another thing to just almost just kind of just go, yeah, whatever. That's it. Like last night, it just seemed like there was no effort. Mm-hmm. Um, in September, your superstars have to be your best players. Vladdy Guerrero's one for 12 in this series against against Texas, and his one hit was a little <laughs> infield tap that should have been scored in error. Bo Bichette hasn't, hasn't had a hit in the series. Um, it's I would call it, so far, Kev, I'd call it a waste of a season because you have a pitching staff that's incredible, built for the postseason. You have an outfield whose defense is outstanding. But as Buck Martinez said on TV the other night, if their best players just had average seasons and did what they were supposed to do, they'd be easily be in a playoff spot. But their best players aren't even having average seasons. Mm-hmm. And it, I think when you saw in 2015 and 16, the place was packed as they were fighting for a spot. It's not packed. And it'll be packed this weekend because it's the weekend. But in Boston, I yeah. think fans just feel like, what? look, you told us one thing. I, I understand if you're not winning, but come on, mm-hmm. show up. And last couple of nights, they just haven't shown up. 
Yeah, lowest crowd, 23,451 on Monday, just 25,495 yeah. um, last night. Um, you know, and, and really, uh, and you touched on it a little bit, like the pitching staff has saved the hitting, but now yeah. the pitching staff has not been able to get it done to the extent that it was earlier, and yeah. they can't save the hitting because the hitting isn't there. The hitting's just not there. So, I mean, pitching staff, they've done their thing the whole year, and they haven't been bailed out once yet to by the hitter. By the, the hitters and this to me like going into the season my whole take was well if they can pitch they'll be fine the mm-hmm. hitting will be there and the hitting just hasn't been there all year I guess if you want to be the optimist and you want to have the baseball attitude today's a new day they haven't gone through one of those hellish streaks like Cleve, uh, like Texas just went through where they were 4 and 15 but yeah. I mean if you, you win tonight you're, maybe you're right back in it but it's just, it's just, it's, it's mind-numbing that they're at this stage, and I think a lot of people just feel like, look, I've been sold a false bill of goods. This was a team that was supposed to be the, the first place in the AL East, and now they're battling for a wild card. And it's, it, it kind of reminds me of in Rocky Three when Apollo's sprinting against Rocky on the beach, and yeah. Rocky's just remember Rocky's just jogging behind him, and Apollo's ticked off. Well, I'm waiting for Rocky to beat Apollo on the beach. Hmm. There's no signs that Rocky's going to do it. So it's just, it's. I guess it's heartless. And, you know, baseball isn't one of those sports where you can just go and punch a guy in the face if things aren't going right. It's not really a rah-rah sport, but show me something, man. Show yeah. me something. Hey, you, you know, we had Carl Weathers on uh, the lowdown with low tide last week. Former BC Lion. Well, I mean, he, we, he, I guess you couldn't talk about um, the movies, Rocky and, I guess, Happy Gilmore and all that because of the writer's strike. They're not allowed to. If you can believe Are you that, serious? yeah. Wow, that's strange. Uh, but I think he's coming in. It uh, was in, or I don't know, for that Comic Con and all the the comic stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, they make good money. Oh, them. for sure they do. For sure they do. Do they have sportscasters con? Me and you can go on the tour. Well, but Kenny, I'm, I, I would just go and kind of be your publicist. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not in the same stratosphere of where you are, Kenny. Well, I think you could get it to where I could pay people five dollars to get a signed picture by me. Like I would. Oh, absolutely. I would pay for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no yeah. doubt. I mean, I've Carl seen... Carl Weathers. That's- Carl Weathers, yeah. Sweet get. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've had... You know, our guests have been unreal. I mean, I, I, um, it's just amazing, our co-hosts that we have uh, and the guests that we have. Like today, earlier, we had, uh, you know, Ladislav Schmid came in uh, and talked oh, yeah. very openly about, you know, his um, alcohol addiction. And, and then he, he goes, well, I'll just get Alex Hemsky to come on. So, you know, we get... Wow. You know, Schmid and Hemsky to talk for 20 minutes about, you know, growing up and coming over from Czech and things like that. And I mean, we have Grant Fuhrer on Tuesdays, Kenny. So, yeah, Grant's a regular, right? He's a, he's a Tuesday co host with me on uh, Tuesdays from 9 to 11. So, really excited for our, everything we're building here. So, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Grant's such a great storyteller. Oh. I could listen to him talk golf all day, let alone hockey. Well, and that's we we end up do talking a lot of, about golf for sure. Um, yeah, I want to just to t- touch on the Blue Jays again, just for a couple yeah. quick minutes. And I mean, we see just watching Vladimir Guerrero here. I mean, he's not even in the conversation for. Uh, no. for an upper echelon player, upper echelon first baseman. So, and I mean, no one seems to under uh, to can figure out why. I mean, you hear the guys like you hear all all, all your announcers on Sportsnet, but whether it be Buck or Joe Siddle or, or Caleb Joseph, you hear all these guys talking about it, and they they seem to maybe have an answer or two about his approach at the plate, but we don't see anything kind of transpiring. Well, Buck was pointing out the other night that he thought he was starting too late. Vladdy had it in a bat late in the game. He was 
fouling off a bunch of pitches. It was one of those at-bats where if you, if you saw it in the postseason, you'd say, well, this is a great at-bat. You know, 10th pitch of the at-bat, he fouls it off, stays alive. But Buck was pointing out that they're hittable pitches. He's not fouling off pitches to survive. He's missing them. Uh, it's confounding what happened to him. Mm-hmm. That one great season he had, 2021, I believe it was, it looks like an outlier. I mean, if you're the Jays right now, you're thanking every deity on earth that you didn't pay him a massive contract yeah. after that season. So I think now you're confused. You're like, what is he? Um, he? It amazes me that the guys who come up from Buffalo are hitting, and they all have kind of have the same approach, that there's these short, compact swings. Whereas these guys with Toronto, especially Vladdy, is just over-swinging, over-top of every ball. I mean, he's grounded the short so much. That little hit he got last night that should have been an error. Mm-hmm. He's over-top of the ball. So, I mean, it makes me sound old school, and I'm fine with that because I hate analytics and I hate everything after 1991. But for God's sakes, just try to make contact. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to just make contact at some point and just stop trying to murder every baseball. And for me, what, what, what confounds me is if you're calling up all these guys from Buffalo and they, they all kind of have the same swing, and then all these guys in Toronto are just hacking, shouldn't organizationally you have the same approach at every level? Like, why is there such a different between the approach of the guys from Buffalo as in the approach of the guys from the major leagues. I, I don't get it. Um, it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating to watch. Uh, it's frustrating to watch um, Jordan Hicks be the second guy out of the bullpen last night when he's one of your high-leverage guys and he's out there in a 7 nothing game. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, just keep, keep whoever on the mound. Just eat up the rest of that game. Save your arms. Uh, I think analytics is playing far too big a role with this team. Uh, which I find extremely frustrating. Uh, but, yeah, if, if if you know what Vladdy's doing, please tell him because I don't think he knows <laughs> what he's doing right now. Oh. He's just in the weeds, man, in the weeds. For sure. Hey, Ken, thanks for this. Uh, it's been too long since we caught up. Uh, congratulations on the enormity of your success and your quest for world domination because it's just <laughs> it's fun to watch from afar. Oh, thanks, Kev. Well, <laughs> I hope to see you when I get out there. I'd love to drop by the station. Yeah. I'll be out there. It's a Heritage Classic, and uh, I'm so happy you guys got a station, man. Yeah. It's so cool. We're, we'll book you in for that Friday, Ken. We'll come into the Do studio. It. We'll book you in right now. I'll be there, buddy. All right, congrats on the station. Okay. okay great talking to you, buddy. Thanks, Kenny. Take care, bud. That's uh, Ken Reed from uh, Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, used to work here in this market and went out to the big smoke and has made a big, big deal of himself, for sure. Uh, we're back to kind of wrap things up with our final segment of the morning. It's been a great show. A lot of comments, uh, for sure, tonight on our text line. Uh, it's Kevin Carey show on Sports 1440. What do we got here, Duke? I don't know. I thought you were a little more keen I, on, though, the I older am? stuff. Phil Vassar, uh, oh. Little Red Rodeo. One of my favorites. Really? I, like we, I think I've said this almost every day. I have to mix in at least one country song yes. this morning because, like I said, it's, I it's, it. it's yeah. who I am. It's great stuff. Um, did you ever hear a guy, I think he played for the Cincinnati Bengals, Mike Reed? Name doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Now we got to get that one song on by, uh, it's called Walk on Faith by Mike Reed. I believe he played, I think he was either a DB or a linebacker for the Bengals at one time. We're going to have to check that out because that's a long time ago. And yeah, it, it looks like you're, it, uh, I got the internet corroborating your facts yeah? here. Yeah, okay. Mike Reed. It, it lists, when you type his name in the first thing comes up, is American musical artist, not former football, football player, okay. but he does, in fact, uh, have both qualifications. So, Well, he's way better than Ken Reed. <laughs> 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 but thanks to Kenny. Kenny used to be, you know, 
the other thing with Kenny when he played uh, Friday media hockey, he never, ever uh, tried to pick a corner low. It was bar down or nothing. And half the time, he, he would be a guy that would have one of the loudest shots at rec hockey or media hockey, whatever we call it, because he never hit the net. It was off the glass. Loudest shot in the league. Kenny Reed, Rogers Sportsnet. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to book him in for the studio for when he comes on his... Uh, I think that'd be great. Yeah, you yeah. and him obviously go way back. So lots of uh, lots of rapport ago. between you two. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you're off tonight. Uh, so, again, long day. Um, Minnesota, Philadelphia. You know, it's kind of cool to have, you know, just the perspective of Frank Cervelli with his son. So that's going to be his first game that he goes to the link, uh, Lincoln Financial Field, to see um, the Eagles and Vikings. And... Remember, like, like even Frank kind of said, you know, do I put the headphones on them? Because, I mean, like, it's going to be raunchy in there. Uh, I wonder if there's a certain age where you say, oh, you know, we're, everything goes. Um, so I think that's kind of a neat, neat angle for Frank tonight. I'm looking forward to talking on Tuesday. Very much To so. see yeah. exactly, uh, I guess, what the reaction was uh, with, his, uh, with his son. So, um do you do uh, this free agent money or do you do waivers? How do you do waivers? Yeah, in, every in league your... I'm in is uh, the fab dollars, okay. um, which I, off the top of my sometimes it's fabbed with two A's, like free yes. agent auction bid or just free agent bids, I think mm-hmm. is what that technically stands for. Um, but yeah, so in one league, I have you get, you know, quote unquote, $200, yes. which then, but that has to last you two years. So oh. that's my dynasty league. So okay. it only refreshes every second year. And then the other one I think is a uh, hundred bucks for the year, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty, pretty standard for most people. So we grease everybody in our league. I mean, Jason Gregor's in our league. He's never won. Um, Lost the opening week, as I did. Um, had some questionable decisions again, as I did. I'll take full blame. Now, but when we talk about dumb decisions in the Doopies League, uh, Schweinhund, and that is Kip Matheson. You're going to check this out for his free agent spending. So we get 250 bucks, Duke. He spent $180 on Justice Hill out of his 250 fab. Now, here's the best part. It shows the bids that were... Uh, from other owners. Unsuccessful bids, yeah. Yes. So the next closest bid was $33. So he overspent <laughs> by only 147 bucks. <laughs> that's that's a gut punch on a, a Wednesday or Thursday morning, depending when your team does your, your waiver claims. When yes. you, you get that notification, yeah, they've been processed. You go check it out. These are the unsuccessful bids, and this is the winner. Uh, in that uh, year league member's case, oof. That that one hurts. Yes, that sets your week, uh, your whole weekend of football off on the very wrong foot, doesn't it? Here's the next one: Jacoby Myers. Now, what out of two hundred and fifty dollars? What would you pay? What would if if you wanted to maybe you need to shore up your receiving group? What would you pay out of your two hundred and fifty dollars for a fab? For Jacoby Myers. Yeah, barring some sort of circumstance where one of your receivers, you know, mm-hmm. season-ending injury or something, which I don't think there were any receivers with season-ending injuries the first week. I mean, of course, Rogers and Dobbins yeah. uh, out. So that makes the Hill one a little more palpable, but still, <laughs> I think, a way over, especially when Hill is second on the depth chart behind Gus Edwards. But yes. uh, we, we forget about that. But for Jacoby Myers, uh, if you were really keen on adding a receiver that you're, uh, you're high on after one week, I don't think I'd be throwing more. Is out of the amount of money you have, maybe more than twenty, twenty-five bucks okay. at most, at at way most, because you guys have a lot of money to spend it. Yes. So, so uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, Soap Wave. That's uh, Mark Lever's first round down in the mall here. He spent twelve dollars. Okay. Okay. Me, okay. That's that's twelve, but he didn't get them because one of the another guy that has never won, Potsy, uh, 
Scott, uh, uh, Mighty Scots, uh, his team, that's his name, Mighty Scots, Potsy, $135. Oh, my. $135 for Jacoby Myers. Scott Williams, the Mighty Scots, Potsy. So, again, that's uh, just a little hot. Now you know. Spend it if you got it, That's, I guess. But, uh, so you get guys in like... In week one. Like, I mean, now you know why you've never won the league, Potsy. You know. Figure it out. Wake up. Oh, uh, man. So tonight, uh, you're off. Uh, where are you at again tonight? Uh, Manning. Manning uh, Town Center, I think, is the, the little area there. The Canadian Brew House, of course. Uh, great partners of myself and Connor Halley for yeah. Fantasy Frenzy every day from 11 to noon. I'm, uh, I'm going to be out there. Might have a little uh, little extra dough to spend. Maybe buy some people some drinks if you want to mm-hmm. swing by. Say hello. Connor raves about the Brew House's triple chocolate cake. Mm. I've never had it, but Connor, he says it's the best thing on the menu. He gets it every week he's there. Mm. So uh, that might be on deck for me as well. Uh Text line 1-833-401-1440. Morning, boys. Uh, Would you go Purdy to a... I know, Adam, we don't want to get too much into because this stealing your thunder. Would you go Purdy to a... Or Watson this week, PPR? Today, we're actually going to be going very um, hockey. Oh, cool. Pete Jensen from, uh, I think, uh, Sirius on uh, Sirius XM NHL Fantasy. So, uh, if you... I mean, we'll still take football questions, of course, but to, to lead into the show with this one here... I still really uh, believe in Deshaun Watson, despite the fact yeah. he's maybe not a very good guy. I think the talent <laughs> is undeniable. So uh, of those, of those three, out of, of Purdy. those three, um, I'd, I'd have to take a, a double check yeah. on maybe uh, Purdy. Who the Dolphins are playing, but uh, Dolphins are playing New England. Yeah, that's a good defense up in New England. It is, but look at, I mean, if you look at what happened between the Dolphins and Chargers, right? That was a, a bit of a bit of a shootout, a, yeah. massive shootout. Um, New England against Philadelphia, uh, Mac Jones put it up over 50 times. So could be interesting there. That could be a, you know, if, if let's just say you go game script and Miami comes out and puts some points on the board, well, then New England's going to have to follow. Can New England follow similar to what the Chargers did? Well, probably don't have as many guns in the holster uh, bullets in the holster is, is what uh, the Chargers do, but I mean, there's still some guys in New England that can uh, can bring it. Uh, here's one from Robbie Moe, and a kind of a personal one. Do you still have the old brown leather jacket? Uh, I used to wear this uh, kind of leather jacket out and about years ago. It's sort of people called it the Paul Newman slapjot jacket. It's not really because it was actually Tim Doctor Hook McCracken uh, that was uh, who wore it in slapshot. Uh, Paul Newman had the two-piece leather, if you recall. But yes, I still have it. It's down in the basement. Might have to bring it out for maybe Halloween. Another, uh, you know what? I got a picture sent to me at Duke years ago, probably 20 years ago, maybe somewhere in there. uh, I dressed up for Halloween as Jason Greger. And Dr. Wang at first round sent a picture of of the... of the three of us from, I, it's got to be 20 years ago. So uh, I think for Halloween, I'll probably bring that picture up. Maybe we'll put it up on the, uh, on the sociables. Uh, <laughs> I had the skull cap. Had, well, that's, a, that was my next question. Yeah, was, oh you, did yeah. You fully commit. Did you actually shave the head? No. Oh no. And you know, and then Gregory's, he was, you know, it's the best you've ever looked in your life. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, that you sounds just, about right. You could just see, see all that, man. So, 
Uh, Oilers uh, rookie camp today in uh, Penticton. They've got, uh, you know, you'd be probably working out today. You go through certain things on the ice, etc. Then tomorrow is um, when they get things going on the ice as far as games go. Um, three games in four days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, the Oilers, uh, again, the, the, yeah, we talked about this in the last few days with Speck and guys like that. The, the cachet isn't there as much. They had to bring in a lot of guys that are um, basically camp invites. Um, if you want to comment on that as they lead into uh, today at noon or 2 o'clock with Gregor, you can, I'm sure they'll be touching on things uh Low Tide with Low Down at uh, noon. Jason Greger, 2-6. to six. Fantasy Frenzy coming up at 11 with uh, the Duke of Delburn. And then uh, the former... The former... Ross Shep uh, T-Bird. The former Ross Shep T-Bird, Connor Halley. We're going to get some things done with that, too. I've got, I've got a, little, a few little production uh, uh, kind of notes that we want to talk about that. Uh, texter comes in, Braden, at uh, 1-833-401-1440. Guys, who would you start? Mike Williams, Rashid Shahid, or Cortland Sutton? And that's in a half-point PPR. Uh, it's pretty close, all three of those guys. Duke, uh, who do you like there? Um, I I always want to say Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. I It's the... The, the package that he possesses, but in a, in a half-point PPR, uh, Williams isn't going to be Keenan Allen yeah. raking in, you know, 10 catches for 100 yards. He's like a two-catch, 110 yards touchdown type of a, a wide receiver. But Cortland Sutton, I think, might be the the safe the safer bet. Seemed to have not a bad game. Little rapport with Russell Wilson. Had mm-hmm. the touchdown catch in uh, the game against Las Vegas, against the Raiders. Um Jay's in action tonight, so they bring in their ace, Kevin Gosman. Um, is Nate the great goal for Texas? I think he does. Rangers are looking for a series sweep. The Rangers are ahead of the Blue Jays by a full game. And a half. And a half, technically, yeah. The, Seattle won yes. game up, yeah. The Jays are one game back of Seattle uh, and a game and a half back of Texas. Must win tonight. Um, Jays finish out the regular season. Boston this weekend, three games, and then they've got a half dozen against each of the Yankees and Tampa. So, um, man, they got to get things going, or else it's it's not going to happen. They're not going to make the playoffs. Um, want to thank our guests today, and really want to especially thank Ladislav Schmid for, um opening up about uh, addiction problems that he's had to go through and the support that he's received. He, he talked about his family, his friends, uh, NHLPA, Edmonton Oil Kings, Edmonton Oilers. It was very inspirational. Um, and we've got all of those dropped already. Uh, the Duke, where can we find those again? Just tell our listeners exactly where to find those two-hour segments so yeah every hour of every show on sports 1440 you just search the name of each respective show you're looking for in this case the kevin carrie show on spotify apple podcasts uh, uh amazon podcasts pretty much you name it across the board mm-hmm. if it's a place you listen to podcasts 
uh, it's probably up there. And if it's not, hey, shoot uh, shoot one of us a yeah. message and we'll look into getting it put on there for you. And we always, like, I mean, if you're on Twitter, it's a quick retweet. Uh, you do it. I do it. Uh, we can, you can find yeah, everything I, I, on there. Any, any of my tweets and stuff where I'm posting the shows, I always have links to uh, Spotify and Apple, them being the two most popular uh, yeah. options for listening. So um, you can use those as a reference point moving forward if uh, if you do listen somewhere else. Exactly. So, uh, again, Ladislav Shmeed, just to... Very inspirational. Uh, we had so many texts from people offering uh, their support. And, I mean, I don't think Laddie, um, when he started his conversation, he, I don't think he realized that he was going to be helping so many people today. And, I mean, he helped a lot of people today to get through what they were going through. And it could, it might not be an addiction. It could be depression. It could be anything. Yeah, the, te- the text line was was tremendous today, and we, we really do yeah. appreciate people reaching out. And, and I think it means a lot to, to Laddie, too, mm-hmm. when he takes the chance to, yep. uh, and, and in a way, a risk, right, to open up about yourself and, and share this with Lord knows how many people listening yeah. that uh, they all know Laddie Schmied, but they don't know mm-hmm. Laddie Schmied. Uh, and so all the encouraging messages back, and, and like he said, if he can help one person with what he's saying, yeah. that means the world to him. I, I think that list of people he helped today is a lot longer than just one person. Oh, so. it's way more. There, there, there are dozens and dozens that he helped out today that you know didn't even send a text in. Dave Zangaro, NBC Sports Philadelphia, to tee up tonight's uh, Vikings and Eagles game in Philly. Our thanks to him. Mark Spector on the mark every day at 8 o'clock for Booster Juice. Uh, thanks to Spec. Frank Saravelli was our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, daily faceoff. Uh, Alice Hemsky joined uh, last Slav and uh, myself at uh, 920. Some great stories from Dallas. Uh, Nate women's hockey coach Brendan Jensen joined us, as did Kenny Reed from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, It was always good to catch up with Kenny, and he'll uh, join us uh, in studio uh, in October when he comes in for the uh, Heritage Classic. Uh, Coming up at the top of the hour, Fantasy Frenzy with the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas, and the former Roshep T-Bird, Connor Halley. At noon, we've got the Lowdown with Low Tide, Al Mitchell taking it at 2 o'clock where Jason Greger will wrap things up with the Jason Greger Show 2 to 6 here on Sports 1440. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate that. We had some great uh, uh, comments from you all this morning on our text line and uh, some great interaction. So uh, we will see you back here tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock with our co-host on Fridays, Eddie Steele. Once again, thanks again. Uh, Stay tuned now for a sports update by the Duke.